Hello and welcome to the Conflict Skills Podcast. I'm your host, professional mediator, Simon Good. In this episode of the podcast, I'll be talking about how to feel less impacted by conflict. And I suppose the reason that I wanted to talk about this topic is because it's a frequently asked question, I guess, in the conflict resolution training workshops that I run. Of course, a lot of organizations or even a lot of individuals decide to organize or to attend conflict resolution training because things aren't great. Maybe they're going through a change and there's a lot of upset customers or there might be conflict going on between different members of the team. Uh, Maybe there's new team members who've come on board who aren't sure how to deal with conflict. You know, you've lost a core more experienced group as part of the stuff that you have and so that often means that when people arrive at the training they're feeling pretty stressed because they're managing a situation which at the time at least before the training they are not equipped to manage they're dealing with situations that they often haven't been given any training about (laughs) and so it's not surprising at all that conflict is one of the most difficult types of situations for people to navigate. So they often say, you know, I just find it all overwhelming or very stressful or it's impacting my sleep or, you know, I've I've noticed I find myself withdrawing. So they're either talking about the negative consequences or the negative aspects of conflict, the, the bits that they're not sure how to deal with. And the focus here a lot of the time is on the feelings. It's feeling uncomfortable or nervous or overwhelmed or exhausted or frustrated or whatever else it might be and it's really difficult to just wave a magic wand and change how you feel you'd like to feel less stressed (laughs) Um, unfortunately it's usually not just a matter of deciding to feel less stressed so we need to approach it from a different direction and we've really got two different options one is our thoughts our patterns of thinking, the story that we tell ourselves, and the other is the behavior, what we actually do. So as a mental activity or when I'm doing training workshops, I even get people to get a pen and paper and write this down. It's to start to identify the patterns. When you feel whatever you're feeling, what is the story that you tell yourself? What are the thoughts or the expectations that come along with that for you? And what do you do? And, And particularly, what do you do differently as a result? Maybe you tend to be more irritable or, you know, you're a bit more short with the people around you. You might withdraw. Maybe it's being, you know, a bit antagonistic or not letting things go. Or maybe it's that you have difficulty concentrating or you're not able to be as patient as you normally would be when, you know, your kids are being jerks or (laughs) someone that you work with is being really difficult. So what do you do? And write that down. When we write it down and externalize it, it gives us a much deeper ability to reflect, which means that if you genuinely have a desire to change, that it's increasing the chance of that happening. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? A lot of people watch these kind of videos, listen to these kind of podcasts, read these kind of articles. And I suppose in on one level, they do want to change. They're probably pretty upset and exhausted and disappointed and, um, you know, probably a little bit traumatized by how bad things are. And yet when I say something like, look, writing it down will really help. I mean, I guarantee most people listening to this are not going to write it down, but I I wonder whatever you've decided, are you writing or are you not writing? What does that say about your commitment to change? 
And what do you expect? That change will happen without any commitment. It's usually not the way that it works. So if, if you do want to change, I'd write it down. And it's what, how does your behavior change as a result of how you're feeling? And then the next thing to ask yourself is, well, what's the cost of all of this? If you're feeling stressed, overwhelmed, exhausted, frustrated, um, guilty, concerned, worried, and your behavior changes, you know, you might have an extra beer or just want to withdraw or you find yourself yelling at your kids, you're short with your partner when they're trying to talk about how their day was. Well, what's the cost? Well, there would certainly be a lack of connection with your partner there. What it's costing you is closeness. You still like each other, you know, you're still married, you're still okay on one level, but there's a lack of intimacy because you're prickly, you're defensive, like, let's just name it. It might be that you're not being as good a role model for your kids or you're not teaching them what you'd like to teach them. You're not being as supportive as you would like to be when they're struggling. You find yourself quickly snapping and saying, well, come on, you're being ridiculous or you just need to do this and telling them what to do instead of having the patience to take that more coaching approach. Um, it might mean that you're taking longer to do things at work. It might mean that you have to have extra meetings or people are coming to you more for direction because they're not sure how to manage this other difficult team member. And you could probably deal with it with that person, but while it's still sitting there, it's impacting other members of the team, which is costing you time and energy and effort and stress. And you're seeing people that you care about being affected. So we write all of this down as a way of starting to develop momentum. It often begins in the form of motivation. If we realize what these patterns are costing us, then we can start to see the benefits of change. And it's not just that. When we say this really sucks, inevitably we then start to think about, well, how would we like things to be? Even if it's just relief of things not being as bad as they are right now. But that starts to create the kind of neural patterns that we're going to rely on to take action. It's imagining a different possible future. And one way of doing that is emphasizing this horrible, you know, train wreck that you're heading towards if you stay on the tracks that you're on and effectively do nothing or just keep doing the same things that you're doing. It's weird, like you sort of come to this wanting to feel less stressed and in a way we almost need to ramp up the stress levels a little bit to remind ourselves that this is serious. And when I say that, I, I don't mean it in some lighthearted sense. Like there's a very well-recognized correlation between people who are overly stressed and early death, heart disease, uh, chronic illness, chronic pain, they literally burn themselves out trying to look after other people around them and then they don't have anything left for themselves. And what I notice in conflict is that there's a less altruistic reason that this happens, but it's a similar kind of pattern. People can't let go. Like they're in a war with their neighbours and they just can't forgive them and get past it. And so every morning they're flooded by these bitter, destructive rumination and thought patterns. And... I guarantee it's increasing their blood pressure. <laughs> if nothing else, it's wearing out their organs quicker. 
Uh, but I think it's also probably diverting resources to short-term survival because they're ramping themselves up into this fight-or-flight response, which moves resources away from longer-term health and balance. So inevitably, people's immune systems start to become compromised when they're in these chronic stress types of situations, and that's often brought about their own lack of being able to let go of conflict. So we talk about our feelings, how does our behavior change, what's the cost of all of this? Then we go back to the beginning of the cycle and think about our thinking. <laughs> what's the story that we tell ourselves? You know, these things about the other person, judgments, they're being unreasonable, they're a jerk, they're such a wanker, they're ridiculous, whatever it is. Um, they're being so unreasonable, this is so unfair, maybe it's about the situation, I can't believe they can get away with this, we expect some type of cosmic just justice <laughs> to suddenly come from somewhere, <laughs> given the fact that all of human history has been an incredibly unjust place. I'm always a little bit surprised even at my own assumption that the world should be fair, it's like, where did you get that idea from? Um, so we can just identify these patterns of thought and it often starts by, I want them to do this, or I think they should do this. And then you can just ask yourself, why or how come, like five or six times? Why? Why did you want them to do that? Well, it's because it's having this impact on our property. Okay, but why did you think that you had any right to tell them that or to influence them? And it sounds like you've got an assumption that you should be able to control them. Where did you get that idea from? It sounds like if they're not willing to fix their bit of the property, it'll leave you with the cost. You know, it's $1,500. Are you sure this is worth it to continue this conflict with this person for $1,500? Is there an option for paying it? Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Um, are there other formal pathways to go through, like contacting the local council rather than dealing with this person directly? Are there other people who might be involved in the situation that you could talk to? Is there a way to change up the dynamics, like meet in person if all the conflict has been by phone or email? The shift to have a meeting that's set up ahead of time with an agenda, if all of your conversations are on the spot and both of you are in the middle of something, having different people involved, uh, maybe even just taking a different approach. All of these are ways of shaking up the current situation that you're dealing with which starts to feel very black and white and set in stone when we're in the middle of it. The reason is that we enter into our own fight or flight response as we get frustrated, which shuts down the rational section of our brain, the frontal section, um, which is really important for problem solving and developing options and creating a nuanced understanding of different situations that we experience in the world. So it's natural that this happens and engaging in a deliberate activity of let's focus on what are we thinking about? It's the meta thinking. I don't even necessarily mean change your thinking. It's just notice what's going on. And then how does that contribute to your feelings? So from there, we'll start to see how this cyclical pattern develops. Feelings often result in changes in behavior, which then there might be a price to pay, a cost, an impact on other people around us, for example, our work, which then cycles back to influencing our thinking as we think, oh my God, this is the last thing I need to be dealing with today, or um, I just can't manage this, I'm going to fail, I'm going to get in trouble at work, what's everyone at my work going to think about me if I can't even manage this simple conflict situation? What kind of a manager must I be if I let my staff walk all over the top of me? 
Often these things are sitting there at this subconscious level, but when we pause to reflect, it brings them to the surface. And then we can challenge them or test them why. Where did I get that idea from that I always need to be perfect? Or that I can't make any mistakes? Or that communication should be easy? (laughs) Or that because we're adults, we should be able to have a reasonable, rational conversation? It's like, where did you get that idea from? There's no evidence that that's been the case at any time in human history. So why now? I mean, you think that you're so advanced, but, you know, you watch TV for five seconds and realize just how shallow and vapid the whole, it's almost like just a skit that's performed for us when we watch the news, for example, in the evenings. It's so silly. And, you know, obviously humans aren't operating at this really high frequency at the moment. We're still clunking about and bumping into each other which means that there'll be a lot of difficult situations to manage as we inadvertently hurt each other, and you won't always know what to say and what to do. And you're not always going to know how to support the other people around you to deal with conflict, and there'll be situations where it just sucks for a while. And it's almost like if we can just accept that at the deep level, in a way, maybe some of these feelings we can start to create distance from, It's not that we remove them, but we almost don't take them as seriously. And I love the metaphor. It's reasonably famous saying that like your feeling is like a fish swimming around in a pond. Your mind is the pond, (laughs) not the fish. And if we can zoom out a little bit from that feeling, the feeling will come and go. Maybe if you just notice it and experience it, it'll sort of just start to dissipate on its own. And there'll be new feelings that come along and new thoughts. And unfortunately, what happens is that we ruminate on the past, the horrible situation where we said some stupid thing in front of everyone or worrying about what's coming up tomorrow. And so we experience that negative stress, that negative feeling again and again and again as we remember it or we fast forward and live it in the future. So just come back to the present and notice, oh, I'm feeling this. Oh, that situation that's coming up tomorrow has just come back to my mind again. You know, isn't that interesting? Just a neutral view of it. And then we almost just take a deep breath or calm ourselves down and focus on something that's more helpful for us if it's having fun or something we're enjoying or, you know, saying I love you to someone that we love or just taking a few deep breaths or having a shower or having something to eat or whatever it is that would make you feel better. Whereas if you get stuck in that pattern of ruminating thoughts subconsciously, you're trapped there and you're experiencing that suffering again and again and again. So I know that this has been a little bit of a different direction and a different approach to the podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback. If you have a question, a suggestion, an idea for a future topic, you can email podcast at simongood.com. Thank you very much for listening. Bye for now.